welcome back to Sold My Soul. I'm Allison. I'm Paige. And I'm Yenna. <laughs> and today our theme is training or the training period for Korean Idol. Jazz hands. <laughs> jazz hands everywhere. Magic. Um, before we get started, we can touch on a little bit of news, but we have quite a lot to talk about today, so we won't spend too much time on it. Um, mm-hmm. Yana, do you have any birthdays you want to? Yes, not for? that many. Um, but we do have uh, three notable birthday celebrants that um, I wanted to greet. Um, to this day, to this freaking day, there's so many ways that you pronounce his name. Geek Kwang from Highlight. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> There she goes again. There she goes. Are you still alive? Yes. Okay. She's good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Mino from Winner. Ooh, Mino. He's like the only one I can name from that group. (laughs) No. I don't know. I don't. You know, I don't know YG. I know. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's YG. Last but not least, we have our Suho from True Beauty, Tatlanu from Astro. Oh really? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Astro from Chalanu. Astro. <laughs> I was about to say. Uh, I'm Happy sensitive. birthday, guys. Happy birthday. We love Happy you. Birthday. Especially you, Kikong. I love you. If we mentioned it last week, we might have. But also, uh, just happy birthday to, birthday again to Handong from Dreamcatcher. It's her birthday on the 26th. <laughs> and I love her, and I'm so glad she's not in fucking China anymore. Like, I know it's her home, oh. but goddamn, she was gone for so long, and I'm so happy she's back. So, yeah. those are birthdays. Um, in terms of news, uh, we had the IU drop that, like, none of us listened to yet because we're stupid. Or did Yana? Yana listen to? Yana did. did. Yana yes, I did. Is it song or just, just, is it just a song or is it an album? I think it's an al- album, album, right? Yeah, because oh, yeah, I, I think it's a mini performing, album. like, two songs. That yeah. Time. Oh, six, six, six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's, uh, there's Lilac and then there's Coin. Coin's music video dropped, oh, I think, yeah. yesterday. Okay. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that on my sub box and I haven't watched it yet. Sorry, IU, I still love you. Oh <laughs> I know, we. you can't not love IU, but I'm just, like, behind. <laughs> School is, I think, kicking all of our asses right now, so uh, oh, yeah. as we steadily approach exam season. Um, yeah. yeah, in other news, there's kind of, like, a lot of teasers happening for comebacks right now, so I'm kind of stealing Allison's news corner. Hope you don't mind. But, Go for it. <laughs> um, so Astro's been teasing. They released a highlight medley for their second oh, ever full oh, album God. called All Yours. I'm um, not ready! Seventeen's Hoshi is teasing a solo mixtape called Spider. <laughs> Fuck um, yeah! I'm so, <laughs> so excited. Uh, I don't even know this group. I don't know how you say the original. To one drops brand new group profile picture after changing their name to Too. Oh yeah, oh. I saw that on their Instagram. I was confused because I was like, I know they're Too. What the fuck is Too one? Oh okay, like, yeah, yeah. So that was what, what, this yeah. entire time was it Too zero or something? And then we're supposed to like move up a number every year. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Every every year <laughs> next year they're Too two. <laughs> oh my god. They'll disband um, when they're, like, TO15 or something. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then Baekhyun uh, has a new King. MV teaser for his upcoming Bambi. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really exciting. Is that, That's Baekhyun, like, solo, not EXO, right? Or is it EXO? Yes. It's his last solo release before his enlistment. So SM's not even right. promoting it. Oh, bitches. Of course they're not. I mm. mean... What a surprise. What yeah, a surprise. And, <laughs> and Day6 is also uh, dropping some teasers for um, The Book of Us. Uh, so they've just dropped a full group comeback poster. So that's exciting. Not and me I think, going feral. Yeah, and Red Velvet's Wendy is also um, releasing teasers. Uh, yeah, she is. Oh my god, I'm like, dead. Yeah, the song is called, or the title track at least, is called Like Water. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, those are just some of the comebacks we can look forward to and the teasers that are going on. Um, we're getting into the early, we're getting into like the spring vibes. We're getting into early summer. We'll see if some of them jump the gun on some summer bops. Who knows? Sometimes don't you notice we get some really like weirdly good summer bops in like spring because they're trying to like beat the crowd. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I guess Extend I'll be listening to this until August. Like, <laughs> Honestly. Same song for five months. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, 
uh, Red Flavor is the summer song of every summer. Like, no summer song that since true. that song has come out has superseded that. Like, mm-hmm. it just every summer I'm like, turn that shit back on. Like, I was literally oh just God. listening to that earlier, and it's, it's right. still it's cold. Just, it's so good all, all, all year. And I remember when they came out with Power Up was the first, like, summer bop they were releasing since then. Because they did Red... They did Red Flavor, and then they went into, like, the Velvet for a while, and then they came mm-hmm. back with Power Up. And I yes. remember I was traveling at the time, and I was, like, in an airport somewhere, and I, like, turned on my data roaming, because I'm like, I'm about to get served a summer bop. They're going to outdo themselves. And then it was fucking, but banana. I was like, fuck this! Put Red Flavor back on! <laughs> oh, I love that song. <laughs> Anyways, like I, think we, like I think now we have set such high standards for red velvets like summer bops that even if they're good, we still expect more. Oh yeah, no nothing. <laughs> red flavor is just that song. Mm-hmm. And we talked about. Song. I think we've talked before. I think it was the episode where Anne was here. Maybe I don't know mm-hmm. about that mashup, that iconic mashup. That I don't even. Yes. Think it came out that summer. It came out like the following summer because following. it was yeah. likey red flavor and as if it's your last. Just what an era for really good summer songs. But anyways, yeah, yeah iconic. That's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about the training process. So we've kind of touched on elements of this before because we've talked about survival shows. And just it generally comes up when we're talking about our idols, of course. And the training process um, is kind of what reveals a lot of the dark aspects of the idol industry, the Korean idol industry, of which there are so many. And that's, I think... Aside from all the, like, just normal racism and xenophobia, when you talk to people about K-pop or, like, it comes up, those who, like, are a little, like, they kind of dip their toe, like, they've read an article or something, they're like, but isn't it, like, really problematic? Like, how can you support that industry? And on one hand, I'm like, bitch, you're right. On the other hand, I'm Mm -hmm. like, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. And then on the other hand, because I have three hands, I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but how how does me not supporting the these idols that are so talented mm-hmm. help them anymore? Like, exactly. yes, if I could boycott the industry and make it change from my little suburban house in Canada, I would. But it's not going to happen. All I can do for now is just support the idols who have already gone through these horrible trials and tribulations. And they've luckily made it to where they are now. And just do our best there. So that's my mm-hmm. stance on it. I don't know how you guys feel, but we're gonna get into what these um, atrocities of the industry are. So <laughs> first, you can't talk about training. Also, if it's not obvious, I'm kind of leading us through this because I've done um, uh, presentations and like research on this before. So I've kind of got the structure. And these ladies know what I'm talking about for the most part, obviously, because yeah. we're all in it I to mean, win it. This yeah, lady's granted, an- like. You're a grandma, a K-pop grandma. <laughs> like, I've been in it for so long. It's like, I just know these things, like, without needing to research it. Like, yeah. I-, I know that they've been slaving for 10 years, mm-hmm. probably changed companies, like, 6 million times, and then landed a group, and, and then it still didn't like work out. Like, I know up, yeah. these things. But also, yeah. and all of, like, the horrible stuff that goes on behind closed doors. Like, we know these things are happening. We're not, like, stupid. But the honestly, yeah. part of the reason I researched it was just because because I was doing it for school. I couldn't just <laughs> be like, I just know everything. I had to actually find sources. And a lot of them yeah. are a little bit dated um, and don't actually super get into. And a lot of them are written by Westerners, which I just can't trust because I just can't trust that those people aren't just imbuing like every sentence they write with some sort of lack of knowledge of the like the culture mm-hmm. or some sort That's of like true. xenophobia, some sort of like, oh, look at those yeah. crazy. If you I, I was trying to do more recent research, like in preparation for this episode. And even if you look up like the process of training for a Korean idol or something like that, I, I was mm-hmm. hoping to look for videos made by like people who are actually involved in and understand the industry. But it's all like BBC and shit like that. And like the thumbnail is mm-hmm. like some crying girl. And I'm like, okay like we get it like bitch bye anyways so this is yes i've pulled some important information but i got us we're gonna start with the entertainment companies now most people listening will know what the fuck is up right but you know we're gonna go over it anyway so basically the entertainment companies are the home of idol groups soloists ballad singers actors models but as well as producers choreographers and composers so that's something that i think a lot of people don't respect about the industry is that they're like well those like artists they're not not artists like they're not making their own music i'm like this is an industry 
that gives so many people jobs and lets so yeah. many different creatives be part of a singular project. And there are a lot of idols now. It was definitely not common in the past, but a lot of there have been some pioneering groups and a lot of people have followed this model of having the idols double as artists, which on one hand makes their job 4 million times harder because they're doing all the normal idol stuff, which is already insanely difficult. Yeah. And like takes up your whole life and your energy and your soul. And then on top of it, you're writing the shit you're doing like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, BTS. I love you. But anyways, <laughs> straight kids. Um, oh, wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge, Wooji from 17. Oh my yeah. god, that poor boy. That <laughs> poor, poor that man. That man's got a promote. Got he's seven. got a right. He's got a, oh, got seven. God, oh, this is why oh, he yeah. never got tall. <laughs> it's the stress and the lack of sleep. He needs milk. And all the coffee. <laughs> god. Oh, man. But yeah, so they are home to not only the art, like the artists or the idols or whatever you want to call them, depending on what their specific role is, but there's also a lot of like in-house composers or producers or, and if they're not like in-house or like have full-time jobs, whatever, they're like kind of freelancers who are contracted and Mm -hmm. a lot of groups will use the same producer a lot if they want to stick to a certain sound or they'll switch it up. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really great system. Of course, it's a lot how like the western industry works as well but i just feel like there's this extra like level of collaboration in korea because they understand that to make it the kind of the perfect piece of art that it turns out being at the end everyone has their own little role and they're such high quality productions that you really all do have to have your own little role like there has to be somebody who's just doing the lighting and there has to be stylists who are like just making sure each outfit suits like to make it the best it can be that's what's got to mm-hmm. happen, right? Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so, like, there's usually a main CEO of the company, um, and that's usually the founder. The reason why that is is because the K-pop industry only started in the 90s. So the guys who, like, started the companies in the first place are still mm-hmm. alive and still kicking and still here. So yeah. I'm sure in the future, new CEOs will take over. I mean, I know that YG stepped down, but I don't actually know what has gone, like, I don't know who's, like, quote-unquote taken his place or who's like in charge now it's a woman it's complicated yeah it's i think it's a woman right Mm -hmm. now because papa yg stepped down and then it was his brother but then his brother was also caught up with i think like um gambling issues so he had to step down so now it's someone else (laughs) it's a lot they they, they've had a lot of transitions yes they're messy they're really really messy yeah so um Similar, so <laughs> then we have of these companies the big three. So reminiscent of like the big three gods, like the Greek gods or whatever. We have uh, Isuman from SM Entertainment. We have mm-hmm. Young Hyun Suk, who is now who is now no longer <laughs> head of YG Entertainment, but he's YG. Um, and then we have JYP Entertainment with Park Jin Young. So those are our big three contenders, and those have like been the big ballers in the industry for a while but again there's some other companies that are like coming up and i think it's less of a like surpass them in status because these will always be like the big three like they'll always have so much money Uh so much power because they like started the game but Mm -hmm. companies like big hit outsell these companies like threefold Mm -hmm. like yeah no doubt yearly and other companies are rising up as well too but sm is actually like the king of k-pop because it was was, Mm -hmm. yeah so that was the established like the first k-pop entertainment company in 1995 and they produced the first k-pop idol boy group which was hot so that was a five-member boy brand created in 96 by sm entertainment like specifically to cater to the teenage market which wasn't really being catered to because, like, popular music was basically just trot or Western music. Yeah. And then <laughs> they are also the ones who developed the boot camp-like idol training system, which has been adopted by the rest of the industry. And they say boot camp, but that always indicates to me, like, some sort of, like, a temporary, like, summer or something like that, summer away. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. I don't Try, like, six years. <laughs> Try, like, six years, and you go there every day, and you drop out of school, and you live there. Like, I don't know if that's yeah. a boot camp or just, like, a life. <laughs> but, yeah, so the way that auditioning works is that um, usually there's, like, 
like big like especially now there's like global auditions where they'll go all over the place because now they don't always care if you're korean or have like korean descent they're like as long as you look a little bit asian you're good you. <laughs> like but Unless not south asian one. just like east asian so yeah. um and south asian if you're lucky and happen to have lighter skin and are very pretty so we love korea and <laughs> there's and um, beauty standards there's, yes yeah there's like street recruitment open audition open competitions auditions mm-hmm. um there's people who Globals. participate in like uh just like their local kind of talent shows and stuff like that but mm-hmm. scouts go to go see like who's what's happening in the provinces like what are these country kids up to? Can we pull them to to Seoul and, and teach <laughs> them some stuff? Bumpkins. Yeah, so there's some really famous idols who have obviously been chosen because of how important looks are in the industry. And mm-hmm. we know that the structure of groups is that they, um, they have, like, these different roles, which is also something very, like, unique, at least outside of the Western world. Like, the fact that there's somebody who's, like, a designated visual. The fact that there is, like, a lead vocalist, a main vocalist, a rapper. And, like, sometimes those things cross over, but back in the day, they would try to keep them really distinct mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. it was, like, you remembered who this personality was. Like, you remember who these people are. Um, yeah. But now that crosses over a lot more. Like, you'll have, obviously, so, everyone has to be pretty now. Like, back in the day, it wasn't, like, you didn't have to be as pretty as you do now. Everyone mm-hmm. has to look good. Sometimes, I oh, this feels so terrible, but, like, you get used to, as a Westerner, too, you get used to watching and understanding what their beauty standards are, right? Like, I think we've talked yeah. about this before as well. Yeah. Because it's, at first, it was so crazy to me. I was like, how can you designate one person as the visual? Especially when, like, to me, another member, like, in my eyes might, like, be more attractive or prettier. And I'm like, why is that one the visual? Like, that's That's always Monster X. Oh, yeah. Who's the the visual Monster X? Oh, it's, um. Yeah. And it's like, why? Because he's got the the small face and the big eyes the big and the eyes. nose. Yes. Like, what is that? So, Maniac, I love you, and you're good looking. But when you have someone like had someone like one hole, like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but no. Maniac is the visual. Yeah, yeah, he's been the visual since debut. Yeah, there's a lot. Of- <laughs> <laughs> because it's based on like literally structural it's like do they are there propor- mm-hmm. sometimes the proportions don't, it usually comes down to the, the structural integrity of your cheekbones yeah. like for example like <laughs> nayeon nayeon is the vi- like the, the face slash visual of um twice, twice right and that one's interesting i see to me that because yeah, yeah. she's sense. like quirky and i think mm-hmm. that's why she deserves to be the face like she's definitely like you would see her and you'd be like oh that girl from twice kind of thing right mm-hmm. like it would remind yeah. you of twice but i don't think that she's the prettiest there but it's all she is pretty yeah. but it's just like so yeah. weird anyways that's a weird thing <laughs> but it's because yeah. because yeah. of that reason a lot of people get street scouted even if they are just like just like on a bus or eating food or like doing nothing because they look pretty and they're like, hey, do you want to come try to be an idol and we'll just teach you all the other stuff you need to do to be able yeah, to be Yeah, all along the idol? way. Because all we need and is your face. Do you know Street Scout? Uh, I know Who? Mark. God 7 Mark was. Juno from... Juno from... What group is he in? Fucking... Not X1. The one after. Drippin'. Hey, just... Y'all are tasting my... look good. Dizzing my son. Good looking. I don't. Why? No. Why was he street um, scouted? I feel like he would have been street scouted because he looks like L from Infinite. Taeyong from NCT was street scouted. Um, yes. Damon from NCT was street scouted while he was doing volunteer work because he's a freaking angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like half of also, NCT was street scouted for their yeah. face. Well, that's a SM these days for you. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, uh, yeah, Mark from Got Seven. It's it, some weird story. Like he was standing on a table. He was doing some stupid shit at school or something. I don't even yeah. know. Typical. Some weird story. <laughs> uh, I know Sukjin from BTS. He was, at the time, he was going to university for like film acting. Acting, yeah. And he was like getting off the bus. And that, yeah, somebody just like asked him if he want like, <laughs> they're like, here's a business <laughs> card. But the funny thing about that is if you actually look at pictures from then, he looks busted. He looks busted. <laughs> like, I'm like, who would see this man? Because there's this funny thing where, like, there's an army now. Or, like, are, I don't even know if they were an army. But at one point, like, a couple years ago, there was, like, this girl who had basically, like, seen 
Sukjin before he was like even a trainee mm-hmm. in Korea and took a picture with him because she was like just because she thought he was handsome. Like I don't know yeah. where she came across him. Yeah. And, but like if you look it's at the so picture, funny. he looks so busted. In the, I'm like, who saw this man and stopped him for a picture? Like I like love his him. hair was a mess. His hair was oh god, he was like yeah, he's so funny. Anyways, but yeah, there's a lot of like that sort of scouting, but. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that the starting age is getting like less and less, and that is where like it's always <sighs> been questionable for yeah, because yeah. the training has usually started at a young age, but now the debuts are so young. Like the only one who really has had that from the beginning was Boa. Yeah, because Boa, Boa yeah. De- uh, started training at age eleven. Mm-hmm. And she practiced five hours a day after school on the weekdays and 10 hours a day on the weekends in order to prepare for her debut. And she also dropped out of junior high school in order to focus on her career. So that queen was very young. And that's Legend. why when, mm-hmm. Yeah, that episode where we were talking about Boa, I was like, I can only imagine what she's been through. Because at mm-hmm. that point, when the industry is that underdeveloped and you're a girl and you're young... And you're a soloist, like, you don't even have, like, a group to take the attention off of you. Like, you're the yeah. one. I, that, sh- I don't even want to imagine the things that she saw and went through. And the exactly. fact that she's still standing is impeccable. And, and like, yeah, with, like, with, like, the young thing, too. I remember, I was, I was young. Paige and I were young at the time. I think we were maybe, like... 14 years old at the time there was a group that debuted at the age of eight i'm not even fucking mm-hmm. kidding mm-hmm. there was a group with i think there was an eight-year-old and then a nine-year-old and i think a, maybe a 10 or something but they're all in that range and it was a trio and then like a few years later another group debuted roughly the same age so i was like like why and how and then there's also a group which i loved which was gp basic they all debuted super young like their age average was 13 and a half mm. And they were actually they actually got successful and they continued from that point for a couple of years. So and that was the standard back then. And that was like that was yeah. mind blowing. Well, but now kids are debuting at like, f- like, what, 15, 16. Yeah. And it's like 14. it's like every other group mm-hmm. now. I was, yeah, I I like and that's part of why I just like I'm like, you guys don't even have a personality yet. Like, you're not old enough to have one. And <laughs> yeah, who I are no, you for real. And, like, you can be and, – and it shows. Like, okay, so, mm-hmm. for example, Weekly, right? Everyone loved their debut. Tag tag Me, I think it was. Tag, yeah, me, tag, tag me. me. I didn't find Tag Me that good. Like, when it came out and everyone on TikTok was, like, going crazy over it and, like, covering the dance, I was like, what am I missing here? But I think it's just because people are young and they're like, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. Because I um, was like, whatever. But then the most recent song they came out with, After School, I love it. I've watched every After stage. School's so good. After school so good. I love the concept. I love the lyrics. I love the music. I love their live singing. I mm-hmm. love the choreography. But I can tell that they're still way too young. Like, the way that they deliver it. Like, as someone with a theater background, there's a lot of idols in this industry who are severely lacking in their actual performance abilities. Like, they can sing and, like, yeah. follow the movements. But I'm like, where's the stage presence? And that's why I'm yeah. always drawn to groups with a little bit more maturity, a groups who have that stage presence like either naturally or they've earned it or like whatever it Mm -hmm. is and i'm usually drawn to those really charismatic people but with all these young kids like it's i don't think people understand that it's like one in a million children who are that precocious or that like confident and if they are that confident like it's usually not solidified in anything because you're so young of course you're confident it's more of like a cocky confidence rather than an earned i know what i'm doing confidence and it's just recipes for these kids to fail to for these kids to be prone to like emotional or mental crises like as they move through this crazy industry but yeah they like people start training as early as five or six like their parents it's usually send them off to like some sort of system where they're still going to school like with boa how she was going after school but five hours a day after school every day when you also know that koreans are doing cram school and they Mm -hmm. have school on the weekend and like all that stuff like you just don't sleep then and that's another thing that we know these kids like are deprived of sleep and you're usually deprived of food especially once they start living like under the full-time care of managers and all that stuff and any decisions that they make like you can't number one they're children number two no sleep number three overwork number four like oh my gosh the the endless we talked about it during the survival show and anytime Mm -hmm. someone's like well he came across like this i'm like i don't care 
even if he's the biggest hassle in the world, yeah. if he's 16 years old, I don't care. What has he been through to this point? And exactly. especially if it's a he, he hasn't been through as much as a, a girl at his age in that industry has been through. Like, I just can't blame any of them, especially when we know that these shows that they're on and all these systems that they're part of are rigged and are edited to make them look bad and are predetermined by the money or the power of whatever company they come from. Like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Anyways. So, yeah, that's like the, the, the auditioning process is usually some weird mix of fate or like repeatedly, repeatedly going to auditions mm -hmm. where you pass to the next level and you have to keep passing levels and sometimes you don't hear from them for like a month sometimes people don't hear from like they'll do an audition and then like a year later they'll be like hey do you still want to like be an idol do you have a company yet <laughs> and like it's crazy yeah but then then the kind of lifestyle change happens once you're really in a serious training situation so this is where mm -hmm. this is usually what people hear about and then they're like oh my god it's so bad and that stuff, like, which I do think is, like, weird because there's a lot of, what's that word, In infantilism, infantilism, um, baby, basically, like, babying or, like, making people appear more youthful than they are. So the fact that, mm -hmm. like, nobody can have body hair and everyone, like, has to look youthful and there's no dating or mention of dating because they have to, like, seem, like, pure and, like, attainable. Yeah. And there's, like, no swearing, no drugs, no drinking, like... I can't, like maybe at first if it's just like a protecting your image we need to sell this product kind of thing so we want to be like the mm -hmm. least offensive we can be once you're in it for a couple of years like obviously now it's been changing like people can I can date and have well can quote unquote let's see I mean they're still dating bands but like yeah. they will be lifted eventually like Stray Kids just got lifted recently and they're just like freaking out oh really I didn't even know that <laughs> It got it got lifted. Um, I don't know when, but I'm pretty sure it got lifted pretty recently. And yeah. I saw a TikTok of um, Jisung and Minho just being like, "There's no dating ban anymore. Let's touch each other on stage." They're so gay. I love them. That's oh, my group. But yeah, the whole like getting like the fact that they all undergo like laser hair removal and like like it's just. What a crazy wild mm -hmm. industry. And we can't say that this is lacking from entertainment industries, all and just industries in general, all over the world are absolutely insane. Like the things that people do to be a part of them. This mm -hmm. has always been crazy. But it's just like, especially because we're talking about young kids who are at the mercy. The, the overlying thing here is that these people are at the mercy of their own dreams. The dream is sold so hard in Korea that, of course, all these young kids want it. All these young kids, when they see people like BTS, when they see these people who've come from the provinces and made something of themselves and got money, there's so many poor people in Korea. There's so many people who do a lot of, like, manual labor and, like, civic duties and things like that. And because of the nature of their society... It's, like, very highly capitalistic, and it's it's a, there's a lot about, like, image, right? And, like, making yeah. your, mm -hmm. your parents proud and being able to, like, buy your parents something and doing better than your parents did before you. And, yeah. you know, being, like, a doctor or being a whatever it is, right? A lawyer, being, like... And we see these things all the time, and for some people, this idolship, at, not at first, but now that you can make so much money and become so successful with it, of course course it's all these kids all across this hard-working country just like being like that could literally be me and they sell this idea so hard and then just can't deliver on it because of the way that the training process is so mm -hmm. i mean like we also know the dieting the training process is so yeah. problematic i mean everyone has to be skinny but you can see i mean they can say whatever they want and it just like you know their company's telling you to say them like wendy or, or whatever being like oh my weight just fluctuates like don't worry about me like girl i know you have an eating disorder you're not supposed to diagnose people but girl i know you do the fact that mm -hmm. you fluctuate that much like it's all indicative how skinny she was for red flavor and for other similar songs like i'm yeah. looking at a picture of her right now because i'm looking at a like a visual presentation i made for a class and this picture <laughs> of her like, I can see every one of her ribs yeah. while she's dancing. Mm -hmm. But then other times, she's got a little bit more meat on her bones. And then other times, and mm -hmm. it's just like, she gets hate when she's too skinny, and then she gets hate when she's not skinny enough. Like, the stand, mm -hmm. I think part yeah. of it is that, yeah, the industry feels like they're following standards that already exist. But it's this whole feedback loop of their perpetuating these standards, so then the fans come to expect it, right? It's like... yeah. 
they're like, well, we have to make them skinny because that's what people want to see. But it's like, yeah, but if you only show people that, then it's only what they're going to want to see. And it's just going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and happened I... That happened a lot with um, after school's Yui. Um, it oh, has also yeah. happened with Ailey. She fluctuated with her weight a lot. Yeah. She still does. Um, it also happened with Luna from FX. Like, I was so sad. Her thighs got, like, so twig when she came back with um, with her. I mean, when she debuted solo. Um, yeah. But, like, especially with Yui, like, Yui got bullied because she got fatter. Where she gained, like, five pounds or something. And everyone's like, oh my god, Yui's so fat now. And then she, like, she got depressed from that. So she, like, she's one of the ones that stands out the most to me about fluctuating weight because she gets bullied on literally both sides. Yeah. She cannot win. Well, it's like, yeah. exactly. Like, Wendy's always received hate because um, people think she's, like, not as pretty as the other girls like whatever it is like there are some idols who you can tell you're like they wouldn't have made it like i'm sorry and like i don't think this way but i just know knowing the industry they would not have made Mm -hmm. it if they weren't as talented as they were sometimes when i see someone in a group and they look like a little like less conventionally attractive than everyone else i immediately pay attention to them because i'm like you're here then because you're really fucking good and they couldn't leave you out yeah and those usually are like the best vocalists the best dancers the best like whatever it is and i and i'm like And, like, it's not that I think they look any less attractive. It's just, like, knowing the industry, knowing what their standards are, Mm -hmm. looking at the rest of the people in this group who don't have, like, much of a personality shining through. The first person I look to is the one with the – they gave a weird-ass haircut and the one that, like, (laughs) has a kind of wonky nose or some shit because I'm like, you're going to be fucking talented. (laughs) Right? What can I say? Like, are you kidding? Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of who – if I have, like, an example of one. No, because she's actually, no, well, she's at least gorgeous. to me, she's, like, gorgeous, but I guess, yeah, I guess. Yeah, she, um, like, she, oh, yeah. I've always, <laughs> like, felt that, like, her visuals stood out to me, like, when I first got into Mama Moo, not because she was less attractive than the other four members, uh, like, nice. than the other three members, but because, like you said, Paige, like, knowing the standards mm. of beauty that mm-hmm. K-pop idols have to adhere to, like, I kind of already could tell that somewhere down the road, Hwasa was either going to succumb to the pressures or she's going to make a different standard for, her, for herself. Yeah. And that is exactly what she did. And that just goes to show, like, how how brutal the industry is when it comes to, like... Because there, like, you know how Paige said that, like, there are just some people that, like, like you see them initially and you think, like, and, like you wouldn't be here unless you were hella fucking talented. And then, you know, there are people, too, that you just can't help but think, like, literally all you have is your face why are you here mm-hmm. and that just like i'm sorry like i'm sorry like, it's true it's true it's true i'm not one to judge because i'm not even that pretty but like i like i i'm saying like even like knets who perpetuate this behavior of you are what your face is like there yeah. are a lot of people who like judge certain members and say like literally all you have is your face like why are you in this group and it reminds me of that story of eric but from the boys that he shared Mm -hmm. when he was on that podcast with eric nam where he had no talent whatsoever to speak of he said so himself couldn't sing he couldn't rap he was still struggling with english he had only learned dance for a day but the manager who was in charge of casting for the company literally chased him outside of the building after he ran away from his audition Mm -hmm. just so that they could get him into the training program because of this mm -hmm. because of his face yeah and that's another thing that i kind of is in my notes as well is that i um i was watching some youtube videos like i'm sure you've seen like in the past few years been more popular people who have left the industry especially like korean americans and things like that who then become youtubers they've gone on to do other things whatever they either debuted in like a like a, a kind of popular group or like mm-hmm. not that successful group and like le- then left the industry or there's this one who um oh my god Prince i meant Mark? to write down her thing no her name oh. is gina gina something oh, she's like, i don't know she's a travel writer now and she was oh. she trained in the industry Cute. for like 15 years and never debuted but she knows oh. everyone so she's like really? tight with so oh, like wow. she's like she trained at JYP. She trained a little bit at SM. She was in some of the earliest ever like the first ever survival show like shit like that. And she knows she doesn't always name names because she's like I'm still friends with these people and yeah. some of them still come to me because she works like so she does so much work. But 
part of what she does is she's still like a lyricist and a top liner like in k-pop so she's mm-hmm. still got her foot like in the door but she was supposed to debut as a soloist like forty-two thousand times and just never wow. happened God and damn. she was like yeah so she kind of gave up on that she's not too bothered with making music anymore but she does still participate in like music writing for idol groups and things like that so like she knows rain she was uh, this video one of the videos i was watching she was talking about like the person who taught her songwriting was hitman bang and he like came to her house wow. and, like installed the software and like gave her instruments and shit like that and like so she has a re- she really knows what she's talking about because she's not also out of date like she'll say like in my day this is how it worked but now it's um it's not like that anymore but i know that because people are telling me like they come to me because oh, yeah. i yeah. they don't have mm-hmm. to like explain everything to me because i get it but I also, mm-hmm. like, am not, like, it's not like I'm going to go tell anyone in the industry and they're going to get in trouble for it. So people, like, come mm-hmm. to her to, like, tell them her problems. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, she was amazing and gave a lot of insight. But part of what she said is that, and we've seen this in groups before, but, like, how did some of them train for so many years and then some of them get put in the group and they were trained for, like, two months or some shit? And, like, it, in sur- yeah, in survival shows, it makes, like, a little bit more sense. It's, like, whatever their company sent them and they somehow made it to the top, quote-unquote, somehow, because now we know mm-hmm. that they're all rigged. But anyways, <laughs> in just a normal situation, it's, like, yeah. how does this person... And it's usually because they've developed the concepts for this group. They know how many people they want and how many people are supposed to be in it. They know the personalities they have. And they're, like, we need this kind of person to balance it out. And they send out someone and they're, like, go find us this person this is the debut date we're working with. We don't want to be behind schedule because mm-hmm. we're going to lose money, like whatever it is. So situations like, I mean, I, the, the group that I know most about absolutely hands down is BTS. And that was the situation with, with Jimin. He trained way less than the rest of them. It was like a two month thing, but it was like a big like difference in the years that he trained and yeah, he yeah, almost yeah. didn't make it, but it was because they were like, we need a certain amount of strong dancers because that group was originally just supposed to be a rap group. They were just supposed to rap and, like, do simple movements. And then they were like, never mind, we're changing into dance. Like, really hard dances as well. So now we need dancers. So then that's where Hosok comes over from JYP. They find Jimin from Busan, like, arts high school or whatever the frick, and take him over to Seoul. Like, they they picked and chose. And then they were like, fuck, all these kids look a little busted. No offense, I love you, BTS, so much, but you all look busted in 2015. And then they were like, now we need a visual. <laughs> and then they pulled Kim Sook-jin off a bus. So, like, that's how it works. They need to fill these specific slots sometimes. Yeah. And you can... We see it all the time. And, like, now that we're more seasoned and watching K-pop, I'm sure, especially, like, Allison, you can see a group and pinpoint who that bitch was who was, like, they were a last-minute addition. Oh, yeah. I can tell. It's, like, it's not even just their talent level it's also how they present themselves when they're like just standing like in an interview you Mm. can tell that they're kind of just like oh my god what the fuck do i do meanwhile the members that have been there for 10 years they're just like okay can we get this over with like i'm tired (laughs) let me go sleep because the training isn't just singing and dance or rap it is languages it is interview training it is learning how you're supposed to act around your etiquette in yeah. the industry it's mm-hmm. knowing how to behave in a practice room it's knowing how to behave mm-hmm. on a stage it's knowing how to like recognize the crew of people that are working around you it's all stuff that you only get from training for years so when you lack that gina this woman gina i'll put her her youtube in the the description of this episode because i can't believe i forgot the name of her channel but um (laughs) she i was like i gotta remember this and give her credit but she was saying like um like there's this whole thing especially with the survival shows when you get these kids like what was her name who won uh produce 48 who's like 15 years old one young why do i always forget her name i yeah (laughs) like things like with that is like she's had so little training that part of it's not even that she's not a great dancer it's just that stage presence is when i say stage presence part of that is part of like the charisma comes from confidence and what does confidence come from it comes from experience and experience comes from years of training so when people don't have that they don't know how to behave and it sometimes Mm -hmm. comes across on the stage but it mostly comes across in places that aren't the stage and one of the Mm -hmm, things that she said is she participated like she helped i don't know she was somehow involved with one of the survival shows and she's like i'm not gonna say which one or what season but it already sounds like produce because she said season so (laughs) there's there's (laughs) Um, more than one yeah but she was saying like when girls who have so little experience then debut they think whether against like their better judgment or not they have this superiority complex because they're like 
I number one, they have they haven't had a, very many hardships yet, and they've already made it. And mm-hmm. they came first or second or whatever in some big show that had a lot of ratings. So they think they are the shit. And she had this specific example where, again, she's not naming names, but she knew, like, the manager who was dealing with them. And he actually had to tell them off because they were being so entitled and, like, like ordering around people around them and being like, oh, why don't we get to keep, like, the stuff from, like, the, the stylist and oh stuff like that. Oh, my like, Things like that. Because they don't – they haven't gone through a training process. They don't get so, it. So – yeah, so that's like in that's what the training process is. It mm-hmm. isn't just how to be a dancer, singer, whatever. It's how to be a personality. And part of when they're finding people, sometimes it's not just a face; it's a face and a personality. And they're like, "We yeah. can work on the rest later." Like you've got a personality, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what shines through on television, on on stage, on screen, like whatever it is. And one so, of the reasons why, like, there are a lot of you know these these scandals that are blowing up nowadays about bullying and stuff is because some of those trainees don't tell the entire truth about what kind of person they are and sometimes they're just companies that overlook it because yeah. they're like we really need oh, your we can face cover it up later to be front like, and whatever. center yeah. yeah like we have the yeah. we have the money to make you seem like a good person uh, as long yeah. as you know where to put your hands during an interview you'll be fine like yeah. even like the way you're supposed to stand the oh. way you're supposed to walk how high you- <laughs> i dropped my mouth sorry let's <laughs> go on how are you supposed to stand <laughs> like like there was um there was this one staff member who was interviewed um by um like they decided they requested that they remain anonymous but they said that they had at one point in their careers um they had already retired from working in the entertainment industry but they said that at one point in their career i can't find it like i can't find the video anymore but it was like from a few years back but for some reason that interview stood out to me because it was in like 2018 and 2018 stood out to me because of nct 2018 and i remember this interview because this person said that at one point they had like at one point in their career they had worked at every single one of the big three companies and the last place Mm. that they worked at before they retired was sm and one of the biggest parts about etiquette that all three of those companies like really drill into their artists how you stand still how far back your shoulders should be and where your hands go yeah and it's amazing because you can actually see it yeah well especially in korea where everything about your posture also indicates those levels of hierarchy and that politeness so even the way Mm -hmm. i mean you can totally understand how where your hands are when you're standing i mean like makes total sense where a culture where when you hand something over to someone you don't know you have to support the other arm with your hand yeah. like of mm-hmm. course like the body language is everything but also you're on tv like people in the west as well learn like how to look best on tv like shoulders back head up like whatever it is like yeah i totally see how that's part of it and probably something that i can see them making them stand in a mirror and like practice it for hours like i can oh see gosh, yeah. them doing that right part I just... of the boot camp training thing <laughs> Yeah, I just checked, and her YouTube is called Gina Everywhere because again, she's like I was now, just looking at it too. Yeah, mainly a travel yeah. artist, and her name is Meng Gina, which I don't, I've never heard that. I don't know if that's a real family name or just something she made like as a thing because I've never heard the family name Meng. But anyways, Same. Gina Meng or Meng Gina. So um, she also did a. I don't know if you guys remember the group Kokosori. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I do. So both Coco mm-hmm. and Sori have now gone on to like have their own like YouTube channels. And um, yeah, uh, Coco mm-hmm. it, like is very close with Gina and they did a video together as well. And in that video, um, Gina puts it really well. She says, when your dream is on the line, you are prone to making a lot of bad choices for the sake of your dream. I really can't blame those people who seem like they voluntarily made such choices because I know what they went through. So yeah. we're talking about the things that they don't reveal or the, like, if they're getting manipulated by someone, but they don't want to tell, like, the company because you want to make yourself as viable a candidate as possible to debut. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so easy to get cut. It's so easy for plans to change. It's so easy for them to say, like, yeah, you're in the lineup for sure. And then it's not true. You can't trust anything until it happens and you debut. And even after you debut, then it's just a whole new world of hardships. Oh, so yeah. 
these are the real horror stories. These are the stories of hearing girls getting manipulated by like older guys in the industry. This is stories about people being, um, being like nepotism coming into play or CEOs playing favorites. Cough, cough, YG. Um, <laughs> and cough, well, that's cough, part of the problems. I, one of the stories, Gina, I think was it Gina? No, no, it was in that video. I think it was, uh, uh, Coco, who's telling the story about how again she was at a few different um, uh, yeah, sure. companies as well, companies. and one of them, yeah. she said that the CEO was actually dating one of the trainees. It was like a twenty-plus oh year God. difference. And oh, as soon as she said it, I thought what? of YG because those are the things about YG is like a predator. He is a predator. Yeah. He's a pedophile. Yeah, and he's he disgusting. Has always sexually harassed and probably abused his young female trainees and this is why when things started going like things going on with jenny when she was like appearing to be depressed and she wasn't giving her all on stage and like there was that whole controversy of like jenny is lazy i'm like i don't care what jenny is because she is at yg and that means she's probably under and she's pretty and that means that she (laughs) has probably undergone some of the worst atrocities you can in this life and i don't know for sure but i can almost know for sure and she, people did call her YG princess and say that yeah. YG had a liking, like a special liking mm-hmm. towards her. I don't even want to know. But that's why, like, when it comes to Blackpink, I don't necessarily stand them anymore because I don't really like their music. But I will always support them because I was with them, like, since debut. And Same. Me too. that company is horrible. <laughs> and They're I can only imagine what they've been through. Like, oh, my gosh. Anyways, but that's part of it. Like. Coco tells a story about how one of the trainees is dating this like much, much older CEO. And he like the company gave them a camera one day, like the trainees a camera to like film themselves and like watch it back and like practice with. But it was like, I guess, owned by the CEO or something like that. And as they were like scrolling through their videos, they came upon naked pictures of one of the trainees and she was there with them. Oh, but my they- God. But she, they couldn't really t- they couldn't tell that it was like her because her face was kind of covered with her hair or something like that. But she was the one who was like, "Oh, we should she delete knew. these. We should delete these." But it was this like it was pictures of a naked girl that clearly the CEO had taken and like forgotten to take off this camera, this company camera, before oh they God. let trainees use it. And what? then they didn't even. Yeah, she said the other girls at the time, they didn't realize that they couldn't tell who it was, but they were like, shouldn't we not delete them because that's more suspicious? But this girl, who obviously was the girl, was like, no, 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 we should delete them. We should delete them. And then they only realized, like, after they left the company, they were like, oh, my gosh, they were dating. I can't even call that dating. That's just, I mean, like, a young girl and, like, a 20-plus-year-old, like, older man? No, that's not dating. That's just That's just weird. That's manipulation right there. And, like, they're, they're, comp- they're like, you know, they're, like, fans. They're defending YG Entertainment and saying that, like, you know, that wow. company isn't entirely run by by YG. But at the same time, you know, he is the person with the most power. The most influence, So you, yeah. you can't tell me that well, was, he doesn't yeah. influence every single level of who is and what goes on in YG. Mm-hmm. Like, um, because yeah. recently... He, he was the recently, pioneer of it all. Yeah. And recently, Akmu decided to re-sign with YG Entertainment oh, after their, I know, after like, I... their contract expired. And they said that it was because YG Entertainment has treated them really well in, like, the how many years that they have been, like, like um, artists of YG. And then their artists, like, like, Lee Hai, who left because they were being mistreated by YG, like... Like, there are so many different sides to every single story because every single story is intertwined. Like, well, the other there, thing about there's, favorite, there's favoritism. There's, like, there's money. There's the issue of, like, like the whole situation with, like, the Burning Sun scandal and about how apparently these underage girls that were being sold at the bar were actually K-pop trainees mm-hmm. that were being sold mm-hmm. by their CEOs so that their CEOs could get more money for their company. Like, it's disgusting. It's, it's, yeah. 
And, like, the other thing about the reason Akamu feels, like, untouched, I was really disappointed when they resigned because I never wanted them to be there in the first place. I get that it, like, really helped propel their career, but I genuinely think that they could have made it with literally any other company. Anyone they would have hit it just as big because yeah. they never mm-hmm. fit YG's image anyways. Like, like it was no. so weird that he was the one who took them on. I was really hoping, like, literally anyone else would. But with Akmu, the thing is, there's no sex appeal. So, of course, they're not exploited like the rest of them are. And, of course, they feel more yeah. comfortable. They're a brother and sister duo. And the brother mm-hmm. writes all the music. But I still remember Suhyun, um, I don't know who was the one who said it. But, like, I'm a super big Akmu stan. So, I've, like, watched all their shit. And he still told, he told Hyuk that he could date. Because he was like, well, you need something to write your songs about. But he still told Suhyun that she couldn't date. Because yeah. she was a girl. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. And we see that in that in that company, especially the sexism, obviously, especially with Rising Burning Sun, whatever the fuck it was called, is rampant. But part of that that makes it so evident is the way that he like he and like their company treats their girl idols rather than their boy idols. Like we've heard from Twenty One all the shit that they've been through. And they were like yep. the ugly girl group and all that shit. But then we've also like we're reading between the lines with Blackpink and I mean I it's crystal clear to me what's going on there like not Chris like mm-hmm. obviously I don't know all the details but like mm-hmm. I can see what's happening even YG is supposed to be the dance company like he's like that company is supposed to be like oh this is the strong dancers like the hip-hop whatever mm, and the choreography sure. they give the girls the cor- I thought it was just Blackpink and I was like maybe it's a stylistic thing that they're going with Blackpink that I happen to hate because it's ugly but then Somi debuted with the black label under YG mm-hmm. and the dancing mm-hmm. style is like the same. I'm like, oh, so they just hate their girl groups. They just <laughs> give them really shitty choreography that doesn't let them like show yeah. that they're actually like poor Lisa. Yeah. I feel so bad for mm-hmm. Lisa. Right. That, that happened with 21 as well, because obviously like 21's 21 is from a different era of YG. And yeah. I will say their choreos were like decent especially for the time but like you have one of the best dancers out there minzy and you don't mm. give her anything and you're giving her bullshit that like no <laughs> that's exactly what was kill- playing in my mind when you started oh right like <laughs> in in i forgot what i forgot what song it was but um it was one of their like newer songs and there's a part where minzy has extensions and she's in a hallway and she's in like this really sexy ass outfit i'm gay um (laughs) and she's like she's just killing it and just like freestyling to this part and i'm like see like this is you just being simple and just doing the music video imagine what you would do if yg actually let you show off how good of a dancer you are instead of giving you like the whatever basic choreo it is Mm -hmm. although it was good at the time but still like minzy's one of those really good dancers that literally got nothing yeah i like that's actually surprised me i i've seen minzy do some solo stuff and like stuff since yg but and like 21 mm-hmm. but i had no idea that she was a good dancer because i've never seen it <laughs> like mm-hmm. so good like She's i so knew good. she was 21's main dancer but yeah like Paige said, like i don't think like in the time that um i got to know 21 i don't think i ever actually saw her you know do anything extraordinary in terms of dancing well, like, exactly. and the same, like, the fact that most of Lisa's skill has been demonstrated through her covering other artists' songs and, like, making oh, them yeah, her, yeah. Her, working with choreographers is not mm-hmm. a good sign. That's not a mm-hmm. cute look. The fact that she has performed Swalla at a fucking, her own concert, and that's what makes her go viral, <laughs> is not good. Like, yeah. What, oh, God. Showcase, yeah. showcase I, the uh, talent that you have. That's why, like, that's why groups, like, like um let's say 17 and pentagon because kino choreographs parts of pentagon's titles uh mm-hmm. hoshi and performance team they help choreograph as well so you can see like what they're capable of with the group imagine if they were to have the solos which they have like yeah. they've been able to show it off but people like like companies sorry like yg like what the f- like let her do something with it what the fuck yeah. is this <laughs> their choreography <laughs> is i their choreography is so bad. I would like to take it's a so moment bad. while Yana's crying and laughing because of what Allison, the little move Allison just did on camera. I would just like to take this moment and say, close to the mic, Blackpink's choreography is so bad. It's so bad. You can't be yeah. different. I would like to see one person who's actually trained in dance look at that choreography and tell me that it's good. 
The transitions are atrocious. The formations are mm-hmm. atrocious and tired. Mm-hmm. I know you have four people. Get fucking creative. The, the fact <laughs> that they're backup dancers could be used. I mean, ugh, biased, but look at Dreamcatcher. They have seven people and they don't need them. But the way that they use their background dancers <laughs> yeah. to elevate their performance and make it so that like in their case mm-hmm. as well in recent times it's helped them have like a little break off to the side of the stage when they're not on yeah. so mm-hmm. that they can breathe and continue singing live Ooh, the fact that, that. Blackpink's, the fact that blackpink's uh dancers don't come in until the last chorus just to like make it look more exciting but Explosive. they're doing the same yeah where are the dancers for the rest of it you're paying those 20 girls to show up for the last 30 seconds I don't understand what's happening, and also how you like that. Really bad, and I think that I feel bad for them. And I okay, the music is another thing. Some people like it. I think it's horrible. Most of I it. don't like it. Thank like, you. Like they, it literally sounds like the same it's, song, and then you took it's like half worse. of it's it. It's gotten worse. And another half of the same song, and then just yes. tried to like reverse that, and put yeah. it together. It's that S. What the heck, person. Teddy? That curse we were talking about, I think last week, where it was like what, or some week when it's like I got a boy is like five different songs mashed into one song. Yeah. you can count the. Di- it was like they they were like, okay, we need a song. Just mash together everything you have. Like yeah. we're, we're coming back. That's what every Blackpink song sounds like. I'm like, where did the end? Where did the this bridge come from? When did you build this bridge? I didn't see this bridge. I was going over the Except other bridge. I got a boy. Honestly, actually sounds good. Well, the for me with, sounds good, but for me with Blackpink, like personally they haven't had a good song or dance since as if it's your last since then it's just gone downhill and their best the songs song are is all the still same Bumbaya, which is the i don't even song. like as if it's your last i can't make it make sense oh make my god i don't sense. even like as if it's your last probably my favorite song is stay because yes, they don't they, move there those first four songs what they, they were Bumbaya, whistle stay and what was the fourth one because for a while they just had four songs or was it as if it's your last one i'm thinking of I think that might have been it because yeah. that was their first comeback. Yeah, I, I didn't even like as if it's I don't your like last. Whistle. Yeah, no, because then like after we as if it's your last, oh. every other song sounds exactly like it, and then mm. you come up and then you release like like See, they no, were gone for over I a like year. As if it's your last, they they, they, they come up. At they least like, as if it's your last was like a cohesive song. I think it was musically built pretty yeah. well. It was catchy. The reason that everybody quote unquote liked as if it's your last, depending on like whether you actually liked it or not was because that was the first time that we were like holy shit is yg gonna fuck over these girls that was the inkling we were getting for black future because we were like where are they it was what was it 20 2016 late 2016 that they came out with bubaya i think it was like november of 2016 or some shit like that mm-hmm. and like that. that shit exploded the industry done yep. absolutely yeah. done mm-hmm. like everyone was so excited and then it just downhill from there. Downhill yeah. from there. But anyways, yeah, I'd just like to say that their their choreography is bad. <laughs> <laughs> the choreography is so bad and I, I just want them to hire I know. Like sometimes <laughs> I forget that some of the members of NCT, like more than half of the original lineup of NCT that debuted in twenty sixteen are actually Sunbays to blackpink in terms of like when in the year they debuted because nct is taking a lot longer to go global no matter how much content they put out and then blackpink does the bare minimum but ends up on (laughs) billboard with a song that sounds exactly like the one they released the year before like they released how you like that Mm -hmm. after almost a year and a half of radio silence and it sounded like their last three songs just put together and what the heck Mm. was going on in the end (laughs) how you like that the worst song i've ever heard from yg like, i swear what to god is happening? no Jeez. i think their b-sides are always worse though the fucking uh, i can't even remember the names of them but you know which ones i hate forever <laughs> yeah. oh my god so fucking boring the song sucks like, and then sorry, they just, Black like that's one but... of the ones where it's like what happened to the, the the song this song started as where did it go because now there's a new yeah. one like mm-hmm. that because isn't that one where they go like something about dumb dumb i don't know they start saying something like, no, they start going like, um, something about dumb dumb. I can't remember what they're doing, but the new, like, it sounds a little bit more reggae all of a sudden. And then they're like saying some nonsense words. That would be uh, how you like, wait, what? No, no, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I know what you're talking okay. about. Yeah. I can think if of the part. you guys know what I'm talking about, please mm-hmm. do validate me because. It's, it's just, it's not it. Like, it's just not it. And like, I, I respect 
the opinions of my friends who um <laughs> who like Blackpink, who love Blackpink, who stand Blackpink. I respect your your idolization and your love for their artistry and yes, they're they're great girls, but um you know, they're trash. And clearly I might be going against the opinions of millions of other people, but literally I think YG just sees them as um a checkbook. Well, that's the thing. Because like the f- they, they have the more sponsorships. They have more sponsorships with big fashion house names than yeah. they do comebacks. They sunk money into them. They are meant to look expensive. And they try... It's like, I just feel bad. I and When I say this, it's not even like whatever fan service or like appealing to blinks. Like, I know. I genuinely like these girls think they're talented. But I, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. criticism I have is literally, it's genuinely for the company. But I feel yeah, so bad for them. And I'm sure the last thing they want is pity. But it's all, I, it's like, it's most of what I have for them. Because if you even put yourselves in their shoes for a second, imagine, yeah, technically on paper having all these big successes. Like, following, like, going to whatever the 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 music concerts that they play in in the states going on all like the kind of following the wherever bts hit i don't know all the names of the shows you know they like go all to the same shows and shit like that Mm -hmm. they're collaborating with all these artists but having no real substance behind it like knowing that you're getting all these things because your company is has a lot of money and they're powerful and not necessarily because of your talent must hurt so bad and that's Mm -hmm. part of why they are so desperate to each have their own like solo thing and prove themselves and i think with jenny's Hers was rushed by the fact that she was getting a lot of bad publicity at the time. And they were like, this girl needs to come out with something. Because Solo, like she, uh, as much as she talked about how like proud she was of it and how much she worked on it, it wasn't revealing. It didn't like break down any walls. It didn't like Mm -hmm. let us know anything about Jenny more. It was just a song that she performed. Whereas Rosé's On the Ground, I can't express to you how much I love it. It makes me like want to cry because when I think of, all these things we're talking about right now, all the things they've been through, all the things we don't even know about and how they can't say anything about it. And they just have to live in this weird thing where like they don't have work for like a year and they just feel like useless. And then she comes out with this beautiful song where the message, like she realizes that everything she has on the ground, because yeah, she's, she's like technically, like I said, on paper has all these great successes, but it doesn't feel like much. And what's important to her, like, I think that it's amazing. Like, I think the song is so good. And it's exactly what I wanted out of a solo from a member of Blackpink. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we went on a wild tangent there. But <laughs> but back to wrap up the training process. Basically, we talked about the training, the actual training, what you get taught, how much of your time it takes up. You sign a contract, either you sign a trainee contract or some companies have a a different they have like a different train they have a contract for the trainees and then a contract for their artists or sometimes they have one that's just for both or sometimes you don't sign a contract at all but that's way less likely now because people don't want you to like take advantage of the fact that they're funding you and like investing in your in training you and then mm-hmm. you do the vocal and dancing lessons the rap you learn language you learn all the shit you're there for uh, who knows how long some people are there for again more than a decade some people are there for no time at all and just luck happens upon them then there's the monthly tests which are are like a big source of stress because every month you have Mm -hmm. to like perform depending on the company you perform like a right to the ceo and that's stressful they put you in different groups ask different things of you i mean we've seen we've had windows into that process in some survival shows like especially in the jyp survival shows yeah i was about to say yeah it usually like you it starts with us seeing one of their monthly evaluations i mean um stray kids it shows you Mm -hmm. how they Mm-hmm. for that a monthly evaluation they quote-unquote pitted like the guys against the girls as if they were gonna pick one of them but it was obviously the show was gonna be about the guys like <laughs> whatever and then itsy came out and it was fine <laughs> but yeah. yeah and then yeah, after that it's just mental health issues a lot of sacrifice of these kids who were like i can't say anything about what i'm struggling with because it's just fuel for them to cut me from debut and the crazy yeah. It's so much uncertainty, and Gina says this as well. She says she thinks 80% of people in the industry are not mentally healthy or happy. That's obviously not, like, an actual statistic, but she's, like, most of the people have something going on because how can you feel stable in an industry where everything is founded in uncertainty and unfairness and it's luck, and being lucky still means that you probably went through some really 
horrible bullshit to get where you are, yeah. but somehow that's yeah. still lucky. And the, yeah, just that stress of not knowing, getting in trouble because of your desperation. I mean, she even commented on how companies are trying to take care of their mental health now, but they're using in-house consultants. So it's like, how does the trainee <laughs> know that that consultant isn't going to go, you know, deliver the news to someone else? Anyways, yeah. it's like a really r- rough life out there for trainees. Again, the fact that any of them have made it to actual idledom and that they're still withstanding all the trials and tribulations is insane. The fact that you see any of your favorite idols up there on stage, just know that it's like a near miracle in this industry. But this industry isn't unlike others. It really isn't. There's some unique qualities, but there's industries all over the world that we never even hear about because there's not entertainment. They're, they're not, we don't see products of it on screen. It all happens behind doors, behind mm-hmm. closed doors. And the Western industry has a lot of these elements as well. So... Yeah, it's just a, a matter of luck, timing, how strong you are mentally. But like Gina says, most mm-hmm. people, you have to be so lucky to actually come out of it like healthy and sane, basically. Yeah, yeah. So big yeah. props to anyone who's gone through, people who've made their debuts, people who haven't. It's a really hard thing to do. You have to be super strong to go through it. And um, just be nice to your idols. Be nice yeah. to yeah, trainees on shows that you see. people online because you think you can hide behind a screen. Like, we'll yeah. find ways. And if you ever look at, uh, if you like <laughs> commenting on the, the, like, visual aspect of an idol, number one, look in the mirror. Number two, what <laughs> idols do, I think it's really easy for Western fans or, like, international fans to forget or, like, get wrapped up in Korean standards. But look at that person and then imagine you were walking down a street in your town and saw that person walking down the street. Would they be Broken drop dead gorgeous? <laughs> Probably. Like sometimes yeah. when I'm like, oh, that person like isn't that tr-? I have to check myself and be like, that's the Korean beauty standards in my head. If right? I saw that person like oh. at my school, if they were in my class, they would be the hottest person on campus. So yeah. mm-hmm. just remember that. Just remember just because you're on the other side of the world and you're like looking at them on a screen doesn't mean that whatever you know what i'm trying to say yeah like if, also, I, if I if i saw minhyuk from monster x oh yeah yeah, at Ryerson yeah. University, oh yeah i would ask him to yeah. marry me on the spot <laughs> <laughs> i'd ask him to marry me in curl south <laughs> like i don't even care where we are if i see him i'm on my knees <laughs> done on the done dusty deal. floors of curl oh, anyways God. that's all the time we have today because yana has to go to mass because she's a she's a religious gal <laughs> I wish I was. I bet my family wishes I was. Oh, she's just like, not a mess, anyways. Anyways, when you're there, can you pray for Blackpink, please, and pray that they can be choreographer? I'm probably gonna fall asleep, but sure, I'll try. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, guys. Oh, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, watching, listening. That's the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, hope you learned something. Hope you hope you had a good time. Hope you pray for Blackpink. And with that, this has been Allison, Paige, and Yana. Bye. Bye.